0: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Camp Constitution Radio with your host, Hal Shortliff. The show is heard on WBCQ, The Planet, every Monday and Thursday evenings at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can also get most of these shows on our automatic page as well as our YouTube channel. Just put in Camp Constitution and you will find... Um, and if you, uh, we do ask that you subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow our Podomatic page, so we appreciate that. It's brought to you by Camp Constitution, which, among other things, runs a week-long family camp. And this year's camp is uh, less than three months away. It's going to be held at the beautiful Singing Hills Christian Camp and Conference Center from July 18th, Sunday afternoon, till Friday morning july 23rd and we've got a great lineup of instructors and we have all kinds of great fun plans so please uh look into it visit our website camp net. and with that we want to uh, I want to discuss something that's actually an issue here in the beautiful state of new hampshire and haverhill massachusetts it concerns uh, the cultural marxists uh, this and this time it's um statues of a woman by the name of Hannah Dustin. And uh, Hannah, uh, her fame fame was that in the late 1600s, she was living in Haverhill with her husband and children and was captured by a raiding band of Indians. And they brought her up, and I'll read a a little narration here, but they brought her up to uh, New Hampshire where she was able to escape uh, she scalped, uh, she she killed her some of her captors and was able to escape. And uh, the first statue of a female uh, in the United States was Hannah. So let me just read a little narration. and this is why the left wants to basically cancel her statues out. Um, so she was uh, Hannah Dustin uh, was born in uh, december twenty third sixteen fifty seven. And she was a mother of nine, and she was taken captive by the Abenaki people from Quebec during the King William's War. And this was a war between um, England and France, 1688 to 1697. And, of course, uh, uh, French and English are fighting in, in Europe. They're going to be fighting here, of course. And so she, was, uh, she had her newborn daughter with her during the raid on Haverhill. In 1697, now ha- Haverhill is a, uh, a city on the Merrimack River. It borders New Hampshire. It's kind of an old mill town that's kind of run down at this point. Also known as the uh, Archdale, uh, the home of Archie, the famous uh, cartoon comic book uh, character. And they used to make, uh, it's known as the Slipper City, it was made where they used to make ladies' uh, shoes. Anyway, uh, so the raid was on uh, in 6- 1697, in which 27 colonists were killed. While detained on an island in the Merrimack River in present-day Bosco which is just, uh, just very close to Concord, New Hampshire, she killed and scalped 10 of the Native American family members, holding them hostage with the assistance of two other captives. She claimed the Abenaki had killed her baby during the journey to the island. Dustin's captive narrative became famous more than 100 years after she died. During the 19th century, she is referred to as a folk hero and the mother of the American tradition of scalp hunting. Some scholars of Sir Dustin's story became legend in the 19th century, only because the United States used her story to defend its violence against Native Americans. So this is a leftist uh, narrative here, you know. So um, uh, what happened is they, they, um, the captivity. During the King William's war, Hannah, her husband, Thomas, and the nine children, including a newborn baby, lived in Haverhill, Massachusetts. On March 15th, 1697, when she was 40 years old, the town was raided by a group of about 30 Abenaki from Quebec. In the attack, 27 colonists were killed. So, yes, leftists, these folks, these Indians, did some nasty things. They came down to kill people. I suppose you would have just sat there and let them murder you because you're self-loathing cowards. But not everybody is a self-loathing coward, and they defended themselves. This is what they're supposed to do. So in the attack, 27 colonists were killed, most of them children, and 13 were taken captive to be either adopted or held as hostages for the French Hannah's husband, Thomas, who was building a new brick home about half a mile away, fled with eight of the nine children. The Indians captured Hannah and her her nurse, Mary Neff, and set fire to Hannah's home and forced the two women to march into the wilderness. Hannah carrying her newborn daughter, Martha, according to the account Hannah gave to Cotton Mather. Along the way, her captors killed six-day-old Martha by smashing her head against a tree. So you see, they burnt her house down. They... Viciously murdered her little baby and killed a b- bunch of people in her in Haverhill. What was she supposed to do? What would have you? Would you have called nine one one? Would you have uh, saying kumbaya. Oh, this is what people did back then. I know that the only people you reserve hatred and the lust to kill are people who share a conservative and Christian worldview. But and I'm sure if Black Lives Matter came to your home. And set it on fire. You would let them because you're cowards and you're um, self-loathing. But again, not everybody has that cowardly self-loathing attitude. Sometimes some people do fight back. So um, uh, the captives were taken north to an island in the Merrimack River at the mouth of the Kentucket River. And uh, that's uh, merrimack kentucket River. It's just a little north of, of uh, Concord, New Hampshire. But during the night of April 9th, uh, twenty-nine or thirty, so they were captive for a while, uh, while the Indians were sleeping. Hannah led Mary and Samuel in a revolt, furnishing them, Samuel was another was a little boy that was also in uh, taken captive from another raid. So these guys just didn't raid one community; they, they did a lot of raiding, uh, furnishing them, themselves with hatchets for the purpose. They s- struck home such blows on the heads of the sleeping oppressors. The ear that could any of them struggle, they fell down dead. Hannah used a hatchet to kill one of the two grown men, two adult women, and six children, according to Cotton Mather's account. Hannah and her partners let one of the children sleep, intending to bring him away with them, but the boy awoke and escaped. One severely wounded Abenaki woman also managed to escape the attack. The former captives um, immediately left in the canoe after scalping the dead as proof of the incident and to collect a bounty. And by the way, it was the French who taught the Indians how to scalp. It wasn't something that they did. Um, they learned it from the French. And this, sometimes you would just take the scalp. It doesn't always mean that you were murdered, but uh, you take the top of your head off. It's pretty pretty brutal, pretty nasty stuff. Anyway, um, so they got a bounty on the scalps. So, um, okay, so there was a... Um, the event became well-known due to, to, due to, in part, Cotton Mather's account in Magnilia Christi America, the Ecclesiastical History of America. Matthew interviewed Hannah after her return to Haverhill, and on May 6, 19, 1697, he preached a sermon celebrating her return from captivity with Hannah herself in the audience. He later published the story three times in five years, and, uh, let's see, Hannah Dustin's story to the murder of uh, Sarah by jail in the Old Testament into the capti- captivity narratives of Hannah Swarton, captured in 1690. Uh, so <clears throat> they, uh, put a, they put a statue. There are six memorials to Hannah Dustin. The campaign to build the first monument in Haverhill, Massachusetts began in 1852, at a time when building public monuments was still a somewhat rare occurrence. The monument chosen was a simple marble column that would cost about $1,350. And by 1861, the necessary funds had been raised. On its base was a shield surrounded by a musket, bow arrows, tomahawk, and scalping knife. Engravings on the sides of, told the story of Barbara's murder of Dustin's baby and her remarkable exploit. The columns topped by an eagle. And <clears throat> so that was uh, that was the statue in Haverhill. And uh, then there was another statue put in in um, Boscoin. Um, see actually there was more there's a few but uh, there were memorials and the statue in bosco now i visited both of these um places i have did videos on them and i uh, she's actually a distant relative of mine uh i think it was one of her grandsons married to shirtlift, so not exactly a close uh, relation and the left has been after this after them for a long time it was about 15 years ago when um The left was trying to get the statues taken down, uh, and the Dustin family at that time was very much against it, and they prevailed. Now, just in Haverhill, the uh, city council voted to, not to take the statue down, but to take the word uh, savage to describe the people who did this attack. I don't know what, what else you call them. You call them gentlemen, maybe. That's what the left would call them. And uh, they they also want to take the statue down in Bon. Now the the statue in Haverhill is pretty prominent. I mean you, you can see it. It's in a part a park named after, in Dustin. It's and across the street is the library and history museum, where you used to be able to buy little bobblehead dolls of uh, Hannah with her uh, with scalps in one hand and uh, her hatchet in the other. They're probably I actually have one, but it's missing the scalp. Uh, it's probably been um, been uh, taken down, so you'll wonder if you can buy these uh, online somewhere. And the, the Ellis statue uh, is on an island. It's, it's a very obscure location. It's not prominent. And you know what's interesting, too? Most of these statues that the left uh, discovered recently and hate so much, most people go by them every day and have absolutely no idea what they're about. Uh, you know, I've to into, spoken to a lot of people in Haverhill. And, and there's also a UN flag flying. It is a Korean War Memorial in the same park. And there was a UN flag flying, and I know on some of these memorials, they fly the uh, Korean War memorials, they fly the UN flag, thinking that somehow the UN was was fighting, uh, was in favor of beating the communists. And that's probably a topic for another time. When actually the UN made sure that the United States didn't win, and we have had some success in getting some of these good veterans groups groups to uh, educate it on the UN and not to uh fly the UN flag. We had that success in South Boston many years ago and a few other places. So uh and the one in New Hampshire again you have to find it. It's uh it's not it's it's in a you have to cross over a bridge and go down to the it's a wooded area and it's not it's the site where the event happened. And now because they say that uh, these these statues were put up there these are racist statues because they were put up here at a time when we were expanding westward and we were trying to justify our brutal attacks against the Indians. Well, yes, there's no question that there was lots of things. Uh, there was a, we, the Indians have been mistreated to say the least. In many, in some, in some cases, not all. Um, and this was not an example of us. And again, a statue in Little Haverhill. Uh, I don't think spoke. Uh, you know, trying to justify. It. It's it's as if they're reinterpreting these statues. This is what we think they may have thought 150, 100 years ago. This is how outrageous it is. Now, it's not just Hannah Dustin, you know, all the Confederate statues. Oh, yeah, they have to go. But they're taking down statues of Abraham Lincoln, even Frederick Douglass. Why would Black Lives Matter take down a statue of an abolition, a black abolitionist? Why? I don't really think that they even know the mob. They just see it. It's, it's something that's there before Obama was president, so we take it down. We want to destroy the history. It's this Orwellian perspective. They know exactly what they're doing. They, they defaced a statue, the uh, bas-relief of the 54th Regiment in Boston, Massachusetts, it's called the Robert Gould Shaw Memorial, Shaw. Robert Gould Shaw was a white officer, and back in the Civil War, White officers led the all-black units. That's just the way it was. Whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, that's history. Should we just blot that out? Nobody will know. And these white officers, they sometimes sacrificed their careers. It wasn't necessarily a a great way to get get promoted. But I tell you, how many units today, how many captains in the Civil War that were killed are remembered today, but today most people remember Robert Gould Shaw. How many... uh, regiments from Massachusetts sent their sons and m- many of them died but how many people know these they but they know of the 54th regiment because it was unique it was the first all-black unit so why would you want to remove that statue because it's racist because it was segregation because it was white people leading the all-black soldiers but that was history you know and I'm not a I'm not a, uh, a so-called neo-confederate but a Confederate statue doesn't offend me. I have friends in the South, and they have uh, my my friend down in uh, Virginia in his town. This name the town the name of the town will come to me. It's right off of 81. We visited recently, and it's simply com- com- commemorating the men and you know, young men who died in the Civil War. It doesn't say the sun's going to rise again. It doesn't say that we're going to bring back slavery. It's just a monument to the people who that was put up, uh, you know, a generation later. Most of these statues. And were some of these people racist? Maybe, maybe not. Of course, the term racist has changed. And, you know, it's interesting, uh, the book Up From Slavery by Booker T. Washington, it's his autobiography. And if you uh, ask, a lot of people have read it. uh, You ask the question, what group of people did the most to help elevate the black man or the black race after slavery, after the slavery was abolished? And most people think, oh, it must have been the Northern Yankees or maybe the Unitarians and the Boston Unitarians. No, according to Booker T. Washington, the most uh, benevolent people that helped that did the most to help the former slaves were the former slave owners. People are shocked to hear that because the narrative is all they did was just beat them and rape them and you know treat them poorly and miserably. But that wasn't the case. Yeah, slavery ended, <clears throat> and. The problem with slavery, it wasn't based on biblical slavery. There was no year of jubilee. They were slaves, generational slavery, and that was wrong. And it's a good thing it ended. It's too bad that it took a half a million or more people to be killed to end it. But we're glad we, it ended. And uh, but the United States didn't invent slavery. Slavery has been around since the fall of man. Uh, in every practically every nation in the history of the world, has practiced some type of slavery. And it's still practiced in some Middle Eastern place countries, and even in Africa. And it was the great late George Schuyler, who um, was debating Malcolm X back on a radio show in New York City back in the '60s. You can find that a portion of that debate on uh, Camp Constitution's uh, YouTube channel. And uh, he, uh, George Schuyler said to uh, Malcolm X, no, the white man didn't, bring, didn't invent slavery. It was invented by the Muslims, or black slavery. It wasn't invented by the Muslims. But slavery was around long before uh, Muhammad was born. But they introduced slavery to black Africa. So it was the Muslims. In fact, uh, Muhammad was a slave master. Interesting how the left refuses to even mention Muslims in a negative perspective. Oh, they hate Christians. They'll go after Christians, but they will not even remotely discuss the issue of uh, Muhammad. They be because they because they either totally sympathize with them, or it's my opinion is that they see uh, the Muslims and uh, them as that they have a common enemy. But I tell you what, uh, if if you would if they were to wipe out the Christians of America, Muslims are uh, Muslims will confederate with you, but it, it's going to be an uneasy confederation because they hate you too. Leftists, they hate your guts. They think you're cowards because they know you're cowards at the way you behave. Anyway, getting back to the statue, So um, the statue. So so we mentioned the, the 54th Regiment statue in Boston. Uh, the uh, statue statue of Abraham Lincoln. Now there was a statue commissioned way back in the 1870s. I think it was uh, Abraham Lincoln standing, and it was a slave, and the slave was rising and he wasn't looking at Lincoln he was looking it looked like he was looking towards heaven and there was a copy of that same statue the original is was in washington dc a copy of that statue is in was in boston down, you know, down in down the, the back bay section of boston it's been there for since 1870s and some teenager i think it was a a young black teenager probably uh, pr- triggered by or um, uh, 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 promoted or uh, encouraged by boston's uh, uh, arch commission he started a petition he said how offensive this was to him it looked like the black man was looking at the white man for his freedom <clears throat> uh, they, like he was still subservient to the white man and there was a petition i don't know how many people signed it and it was removed it wasn't destroyed it was removed we're not sitting in some warehouse along with the monument, the, Confederate, uh, the monument to the Confederates who, were, who died in captivity at Castle Island. Um, and I've been trying to get these statues. Uh, I've called every member of the Boston Arts Commission. And I don't know if this is a – I think these are volunteers. I don't think it's a paid position. I know that some, there, there was an office in Boston. I'm sure there was some payment here. But I don't know if all these members serve uh, freely or not. But they voted unanimously. Of course they do. Boston is basically a, 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 a shop, a, a closed shop for the far left. And I called every one of them, left message, very polite, and asked them to have the statue. I said, we will paint a remove it. We will leave it at the store. You know, you're not going to, it's going to stay there. You know, it's not going to go anywhere. They were talking about putting it in a museum uh, or somewhere. They're not going to put it in a the museum. They're going to keep it. They're going to keep it there as long as long as they possibly can. And, you know, so it's just taking up space, and so this is what we have to do, folks. We have to push back. We have to know our history, we have to appreciate our history. And it's not just happening in the United States, by the way. It's happening all over the United States, happening all over the world, you know, the far, especially in the English-speaking world. But we have to defend our history. We have to defend what we stand for. We have a great country. Yes, there are things that we did that were wrong. Every single country in the world. And you know what's interesting? No matter how far leftist a Frenchman is, they don't hate France. No matter how far left an Englishman is, they don't hate England. No matter how far left a German is, they don't hate Germany. But here, in the left, they hate America. They want to see it destroyed. I mean, imagine being a leftist in Germany. Germany doesn't have a... They have a kind of a tough history. They don't have much of it. They don't have a legacy of freedom. They were involved in two horrible wars. They committed... Uh, not they... Certain Germans committed horrible crimes, uh, but yet they're, pr- they're proud Germans. The French, they, they had slavery. They did some unspeakable things historically, but they don't hate France. Yeah, but France still a great nation. England was a great nation. England, you, you, the good far outweighs the bad. And so here in the United States, we have more freedoms. We have afforded more freedoms to more peoples in the history of mankind, and they want to destroy it. What, and what do they want to replace it with? They don't always tell you what they replace it with, but they're Marxists. They're communists. They want to replace it with communism. You know, in the in Bible, in, in the New Testament, Jesus said, uh, he was talking about hypocrites, and he said, you should take the log out of your own eye before you take the speck out of your brother's eye. And so let's, let's examine these leftists. They have a history of racism. Karl Marx himself. Was a racist. He hated Jews. You know, even though he, though he was uh, from a Jewish background, he was uh, a Jewish, uh, born into a Jewish family. He wrote a book called A World Without Jews. Most people don't know that. He hated blacks. He said that he referred to black people he didn't like as negroes with Jewish blood. So why isn't he held up? Oh, how about Che Guevara? Oh, you see these leftists with Che Guevara. Oh, he was this cool guy. He was a revolutionary. Oh, what a cool guy. Dr. Che. Oh, he never graduated from medical school, by the way. Che was an upper-middle-class white man from Argentina. He was a racist because he was filthy. He never showered or bathed or anything. He was filthy. And he hated blacks. He hated homosexuals. He hated rock music. He hated the hippie culture. He had nothing but contempt for them. And he took a special delight in executing homosexuals. So why isn't that brought out? Why is his his, his lifestyle glamorized? They made a movie about the the, the the diaries, I forget what they're called, the motorcycle diaries or whatever. They glorified this guy. He was a creep. He was an evil person. So why don't you left us, uh, how about Jack London? Oh, yeah, Jack London wrote some great, uh, some great novels. We visited his home in California, Homestead. And it was interesting. He was a pioneer in agriculture. He did experiments. You'd think he would be a conservative Christian, a conservative free market advocate. But he was a socialist, and he was also a racist. When uh, when uh, Jack Johnson won the heavyweight title, he was the first black man to be a heavyweight champion. Jack Johnson was the one, we need to find a great white hope. Yeah, Look it up, folks. He was a racist. How come he's not held accountable? How about the international socialists early on? They didn't hire, They didn't want blacks. In fact, many of the unions were created as a way to keep blacks out of the workforce. Yeah, you didn't know that. Yeah, people hired blacks. A lot of white businessmen and companies hired blacks. But the uh, the, uh, the some of the whites didn't like that so they formed unions to keep blacks out of the shop, keep, keep them out. And you ask any honest socialists and they'll tell you that. But most of them aren't honest. Yeah, so Take the log out of your own eye, leftist, before you take the speck out of our eyes. Anyway, so <clears throat> I think we just need to let our voice be heard. So I'm, you know, I'm going to be communicating. I'm going to write a letter to the Concord Monitor uh, later on today. Uh, That's the daily paper where I saw this article. Uh, in fact, it was a headline. I think it was Saturday, this past Saturday. I'm thinking it must be a really slow news day when a, a little, a, an obscure statue, and a really obscure statue, because you wouldn't know who was there. You drive by, you wouldn't know it. I think it's a sign that says historical marker, and you don't even know what the sign says. You have to pull over and see it. And the one in Haverhill, people drive by all the time; they don't even know what's there. Oh, Hannah Dust. Oh, yeah, yeah. What? Who's she? But again, it doesn't matter. Uh, so these so-called racist statues—anything that was there before Obama was president has to go in the eyes of the left you know back at uh, the french revolution uh these folks uh, got so to the point where they changed the calendar they changed because the seven days is a christian uh, is a judeo-christian concept that had to go so they started a 10-day week didn't work very well uh you know the body uh, after six seven days seven day was a day of rest and so they even even the, the, these vile revolutionaries that murdered the poor hated the poor and murdered so many of them, chopped their heads off, brutal fashion, they uh, had to revert back to the seven-day uh, calendar. So God will not be mocked. <clears throat> and I believe that we will prevail because we, ha- uh, we, we have to prevail, folks, if we go to stay free. But, uh, and I think this 1619, I think it's going to backfire on them. It's, what it's going to do, it's going to do two things. It's going to create more Antifa uh, types, and it's going to create more racists. That's, that's, that's what it's going to do. Uh, and wouldn't you know, the, the New York Times is the ones that created this filthy thing, 1619 Project, introduced by the New York Times. The New York Times, when uh, back in the 30s, when Stalin was butchering people, left or millions of people starving for starvation, they sent their reporter, Walter Durante, and he said, I've seen the future and it works. And they've never, ever recanted. Never. And they won't. They won't double down. But it's nice to see that these papers are losing big time circulation, not just the paper circulation, which is down fifty or sixty percent, but also the online. And you know, they. Trade. I get the New York. They was getting their emails, and of course, after so many articles, they want to charge you. I said, no way will I ever pay. Give these people a cent of my money. And then you have to. We, uh, one way to do it is just to support uh, other sources. Um, news. I get Newsmax, and it's not perfect. I don't agree with everything I see in Newsmax. But it's a far cry from, um, from the uh, mainstream. So, uh, And there's some great publications. The Epoch, I think it's pronounced Epoch Times. Uh, some people say Epic, but it's pronounced, It's spelled E-P-O-C-H Times. Uh, and this paper has come a long way. I used to see it about 20 years ago. And other than being very anti-communist Chinese, it was a little bit more to the left of establishment. But it's come a long way. It is a good paper. They are no holds barred. And uh, you can get an online version and you can also get the um, uh hard copy and I do recommend it and by the way I'm not getting a commission from them and then there's some local uh, publications um, you may have a local publication in your community in Boston is the Boston Broadside it is a monthly publication and it does have it has a modest circulation but people are you know from around the country are subscribing and just go on, go online and put in Boston Broadside and you'll find the website
1: and here in
0: my neck of the woods Times, Weir's times W-E-I-R-S times this paper is owned by a conservative family and uh, the editor has become a friend of mine and uh, they publish great stuff and, and they also have a lot of interesting gardening and hunting and fishing and local interest but they cover uh, they have syndicated columnists so you may you may find some in your community you may consider starting one uh, there's one the new boston there's a new uh, an online source, the new Boston Post and um, another conservative outlet so these these entities need to be uh, and there's also one in northern maine the uh, fort fairfield uh, journal it's a two a two person operation and they've been going at it for about fifteen to twenty years so uh and, you know if you look hard enough, you might find well, one no, consider starting your own blog. And, you know, uh, and then give, build, build an audience. And there's a there's a great demand for uh, for truthful uh, media sources. And of course, this great radio station WBCQ of the Planet. We encourage you to uh, to support it, to uh, listen to its shows, uh, get your own show. And with that, we will uh, sign off. We want to thank you for listening. You've been listening to Camp Constitution Radio on WBCQ of the Planet until next week. May God richly bless you. 18 plus.